Children six months and older are now eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. On this episode, hear from our public health expert and local parents as we discuss this new age group and the protection from the virus. Whether you live in or just love Johnson County, Kansas, JOCO On The Go has everything Johnson County. Here's what's happening and what's coming up in the community you call home. Thanks for joining us for JOCO On The Go. I'm your host, Teresa Freed, a Johnson County resident and employee of Johnson County government. In June, federal public health officials authorized emergency use of COVID-19 vaccines for some of our youngest residents. And parents are now taking advantage of this extra layer of protection for their little ones. Here to talk more about that is Johnson County Department of Health and Environment Director, Dr. Sami Ariola. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Teresa. All right. Well, it's taken, it seems like a while to kind of get to this point, um, but young children are now getting vaccinated. So can you talk about all that work and research that went into getting to this point? One of the uh, things that we have been looking forward to is to um, find a way to protect uh, our younger, youngest uh, residents. And uh, this has been in the works for a while, um, obviously since late 2020. Uh, when we had our first set of vaccines, the vaccines have been by far the most important tool in our fight against the uh, uh, serious uh, consequences of infection of the virus that causes COVID-19. And we have done a good job in our county uh, vaccinating older residents, um, having vaccination rates um, uh, really um, way higher than the state average and higher than the national average, having the highest uh, vaccination rates in, rate in, the, in the state. However, we have been uh, until now been uh, unable to get approval for vaccines uh, for those that are uh, uh, five or younger. And so uh, it's, it's, it's exciting times. It's a really good development that the FDA and the CDC and the advisory councils approve these vaccines. Now we have that tool uh, available to us for our residents who are six months to four-year-olds who can be protected. And uh, the parents can feel more comfortable when they send them to, to camps in the summer months. Uh, they can feel more comfortable when they send them to childcare settings. Uh, because uh, what we continue to know about the vaccine is that they remain robust, incredibly efficient in protecting us against the severe consequences of infections from the virus that causes COVID-19. So these are exciting times, I think. All right, so I think I'm a kind of a perfect example of our, our typical parents and some of the concerns that they have. So, you know, I've got three kids now. I've got a 10-year-old, a four-year-old, and a newborn. So my 10-year-old is vaccinated and my four-year-old is now eligible. And so my, my baby is not quite eligible still. So we're thinking about getting, getting our four-year-old vaccinated. So um, kind of sell it to me. What do parents need to know about the safety of this vaccine? So um, the, the, the process for uh, getting vaccines to the market is pretty well defined. We are not just looking at the efficacy, in which case, because we've given this to millions of people five years and older in the country and across the world, we're also looking at the safety. So all of those are evaluated robustly through clinical trials and ongoing safety monitoring. 
And so these are really some of the more stringent uh, processes at, around the world that we have in the United States. So these vaccines, right now we've given it to hundreds of millions of people. They continue to prove very effective. We continue to do safety monitoring and it's uh, really pretty clear that the benefits in terms of the reducing the risk associated with infections of the virus that causes COVID-19 compared to the extremely low risk of some of the rare um, things that could happen from the vaccine, the benefits by far outweigh the risk. And so the, the recommendation, obviously we're always telling parents uh, to consult with your pediatrician. That's where you get your other vaccines from. If you have questions, uh, they'll be very happy to, to answer them, but there's no, um, we don't typically get opportunity to have this many uh, uh, people get uh, a vaccine over a short period of time that allow us to not only prove the efficacy, but prove the safety. And, and we, have, we have a lot of data for that. And so the, the dosing itself, that's adjusted for these smaller children, I would assume. Do they also follow that same sort of schedule where you get the first um, vaccine and then you follow up um, a few weeks later and get that second shot? Yeah, so we have um, uh, uh, two types of vaccines here. We have the um, vaccine from Pfizer, uh, BioNTech, uh, for those that are six months to four-year-olds, which is a three-dose primary series. And then uh, for five to 17-year-olds, is a two-dose primary series. But we also have the Moderna, which is uh, for uh, six months to four-year-olds. Uh, it's, it's a two-dose primary series. And for five to 14-year-olds, uh, uh, it's also a two-dose primary series. Now for the Pfizer, for those that are five years and older, the two-dose primary series are given three to eight weeks apart. Of course, if you have, if you are moderately or severely immunocompromised or have a weakened immune system, uh, you should get a third dose about four weeks after the second dose of the primary series. For those that are six months to four-year-olds, it's a three-dose series, like I've said. The first uh, two doses are separated by three to eight weeks. The second and, uh, and third doses are separated by eight weeks, at least eight weeks. So again, uh, that's, for, that's for the Pfizer. The Moderna that I said is a, is a two-dose series. And uh, the, the uh, two-dose primary series, for those that are 18 years or older, uh, we want the first two doses to be given for eight to eight weeks apart. People with, uh, that are moderately or severely immunocompromised or have weakened immune system uh, should get a third dose and that uh, the first two doses for them should be separated by four weeks and the second and third doses separated by at least four weeks. For children six months to 70 years of age, it's also a two-dose Moderna series that are given four to eight weeks apart. Again, for those that are moderately to severely immunocompromised or have weakened immune system, they should get a third dose with the first two doses separated by four weeks and the second and third doses separated by at least four weeks. Fairly complicated, much more complicated than before, which is why you can consult with us or consult with your primary care physician to ensure that based on your age, you have the, the right separation and you get, and based on your medical condition, you're getting the right, the right, uh, the right uh, number of doses. 
That makes sense. And I know that we're encouraging um, parents to take their children to their pediatricians to get those uh, COVID-19 vaccines, but we are starting to see people come through the uh, JCDHE clinics as well. And so we did get a chance to catch up with some parents who were getting their young children vaccinated and here's what they had to say. I am a healthcare professional and so I have I didn't have to work nearly in the ICUs during the major surge of the pandemic, but I had a lot of friends that did. And I just think it's very important that we all play our part. And part of getting back to normal life is getting them vaccinated. So she gets all her other vaccines. Um, they were really smooth. It was fast and quick and easy, really professional, had a great flow to the day. I would recommend doing your research and making sure that you feel confident in your choices, um, but also making sure that you're getting accurate information is vital. So utilizing your public health, those different organizations, your national organizations to get information about the vaccine is very important. Um, but I would also really encourage getting it. It's um, helping them get back to their normal life and it's another thing that we can do to just protect each other. I have an almost two-year-old and an almost four-year-old. And why did you decide to get them the COVID-19 vaccine? Because I want to help protect them. I got my shots last year and we've been waiting and waiting to help get them the protection that they need so they can go out and live their own lives too. And what would you tell other parents who are kind of on the fence about getting vaccinated? It's a big decision but it's the right decision um, to help protect your kids and other kids too. There's kids that truly can't get vaccinated so we need to help protect them and help protect your own children from severe disease or lifelong complications of getting COVID. I definitely feel that the vaccine um, is, you know, the risk and the benefit, the benefits definitely outweigh the risk of it. You know, my next question is, we, we tend to hear that young children tend to experience more mild symptoms. They're not seeing the same rate of hospitalizations as older adults and, um, you know, middle-aged residents. So why should people get their children vaccinated? Uh, excellent question. Um, uh, children, and we have seen uh, several cases, um, have been hospitalized and they have gotten really sick uh, from infections of the, uh, from the virus that causes COVID-19. And unfortunately, some have died. And so, um, as I've said before, the vaccination has proven over time to protect against the more serious uh, illnesses caused by the virus. It protects against hospitalization and robustly protects against death. Children also do get very sick from COVID-19. They have both short and long-term effects. They are also able to spread COVID-19 to others. We have seen cases of MIS-C, what what's a multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children. We have, uh, we see a lot more of that in children ages five to 11 year olds. We see a lot of, uh, much higher, greater than 90% of those occurring in people that are in children that are not vaccinated. So again, um, while children may not be as susceptible as uh, older adults, especially those uh, with, uh, that with weakened uh, immune system or immunocompromised, children have been sick, children have been hospitalized, and children have died from COVID-19. Having this vaccine that have been shown to be uh, very effective and shown to be very safe is, is a big tool at our disposal now to minimize the impact of things that we still don't know about the COVID. We talk about long COVID. The long-term consequences are not completely well elucidated, elucidated or completely understood. So 
uh, we know the vaccines work, uh, gets your ch child protected. So you have um, peace of mind when they are participating in activities, when they're when they in schools and when they're in childcare settings. And so I know there is a long list of variants since we originally first heard um, about COVID-19. So the vaccines that they're developing, are they constantly changing that, I guess, formula so that it, it can adapt to those new variants? So, so right now, the, there is a conversation and there's a work uh, going on to uh, uh, look into uh, a formulation that could be uh, uh, more targeted towards the circulating uh, Omicron and the, sub the subvariants. But the vaccine that we have now continue to elicit very robust uh, uh, antibody response the, in the body and continues to be very effective in protecting us against severe illnesses and uh, hospitalizations and deaths. Uh, but we're continuing to work, uh, scientists are continuing to look for ways to uh, to improve the effectiveness against emerging uh, variants and, and subvariants. So are the, the new variants that we're seeing emerge, are they weaker than the original one? Or because it seems like, you know, I, I've had COVID twice now, the original COVID, which uh, resulted in me having some long hauler symptoms of the altered sense of taste and smell. I got it again in February when I was pregnant and that was scary too, but it didn't hit me quite as hard, it seems like. And, um, you know, I know you're not a, a medical doctor to speak to, to my symptoms and things like that, but if you can talk about, you know, what are we seeing with, with these variants? Right. So we uh, haven't uh, seen a big change in terms of the variants causing more severe illnesses. We have seen changes in terms of the variants being more infectious. Um, early on, you mentioned uh, uh, loss of taste. That was uh, more common with the uh, wild type, the original um, uh, um, uh, variant that we saw. Uh, that does not seem to be quite uh, a common symptoms with the Omicron species, uh, but largely most of the symptoms remain the same. The other factor though is that uh, you are vaccinated and people are vaccinated and uh, which lessens the severity of the symptoms for the most part. Most people either have no symptoms or uh, have very mild symptoms, but it's also true that you gain some natural immunity albeit uh, it wanes over time from infection. So uh, all of those are working to our advantage, uh, having a high vaccination rate, having um, quite a lot of us have been infected or reinfected over time. Uh, and those uh, do prefer some um, advantages in terms of minimizing the, the, the severity of the symptoms that we see. And I know this is a question we ask all the time and, and we never really have a, you know, fully answer because we can't predict the future, but is COVID something that's going to just always be with us or is it something that you foresee us eventually saying goodbye to? The, the COVID virus uh, is, is here. I think the general consensus is it's going to be with us uh, and um, we have more tools. Uh, we have more resources, we've got, of course, the vaccine, we've got um, monoclonal antibodies, uh, we have pre-infection -infec tools, 
post-infection tools that we can use to minimize the severity. Um, there are additional tweaks that's ongoing on with the vaccines that's available. And uh, given the decisions that we have made as a society and as a community, uh, given the fact that outside of vaccination and individual uh, choices as to whether you wear a mask and where you go, given the fact that we largely have resumed life uh, uh, the way we used to live it pre-COVID, uh, it, it, is, uh, it is harder to see a path towards uh, eliminating the, the virus. But again, uh, the, the good news is we have more tools and we can clearly see a path towards uh, uh, minimizing the more severe illnesses and the more adverse consequences of the, of the virus. Again, some of what we don't know are the long-term consequences of infection. So we continue to study those as, as, we, as, as we move forward. All right, and just back to the topic at hand, talking about these uh, younger children who are now eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, how can parents get their kids vaccinated? I, again, I, we've reiterated that, you know, the pediatrician is probably the best place to go to get that, but um, how, how does somebody get the vaccine? It's uh, it's uh, the, the, our primary recommendation is to go get the vaccines where you get your other uh, uh, vaccines uh, from. It is um, best to go to your pediatrician to do that. Of course, we have our clinics open. You can come to our clinics, but again, uh, given the younger population and what it takes to vaccinate, um, a uh, mass vaccination clinic is not equipped to handle uh, many uh, or high throughput uh, like we did for adults. So, and again, uh, just like we did at the start of the pandemic where we were giving our vaccines at our clinics, but we were also working with our health systems, our hospitals to give out the vaccine, which I believe is uh, part of why we got to the high vaccination rate as a county because people already have relationships with their doctors. They already have relationships with their pediatricians. The pediatricians are best positioned to answer questions that you may have. They have the full history of your child. Still, that is our primary recommendation. Go to your pediatrician. Of course, pharmacists also have. Um, some of them maybe are still trying to develop the resources to vaccinate this age group. But unlike when we started, there's just a lot more options for you to, to get the vaccine. My primary recommendation is go to your pediatrician. That's the best, uh, best uh, uh, route to take. All right, that sounds good. And of course, you can always get much more information about how to get those vaccines and, and testing kits and all kinds of great information about COVID-19 in Johnson County by going to our website at jococov.org forward slash coronavirus. Again, thank you uh, for being here with all this great information. I know the, the conversation will continue as, as the, the virus continues to be present in our community and hopes, hopefully someday we can say goodbye to it. We're just not there yet, right? We're not quite there yet, yet, but thank you for the, for, for the time, uh, Theresa. You just heard Joko on the go. Join us next time for more Everything Johnson County. Have a topic you want to discuss? We want to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at JokoGov. For more on this podcast, visit jokogov.org forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening.